And on to a new RFM, it's seven past one. Coming up next, we're talking travel with Sally Lucas, joining me, Jane Klein, and we'll be going to Lord Howe Island and a few other interesting bits and pieces from the world of travel. Sally, uh, that wonderful island with the most southern mm-hmm. reef in the southern hemisphere seems to be in the spotlight today. It is in the spotlight today and such a beautiful part of our country and the world in general, to be quite honest with you. And talking, as you just were, Jane, about being the southernmost reef, I thought I might explain how that has occurred if you like. Yeah. Um, number one, of course, it was a volcano, Lord Howe Island, and Ball's Pyramid, which is 23 k's to the south of it, and the, I think it's the tallest monolith in the world mm. as well, um, just to let you know that. But they call it a watery highway that runs south along the Queensland coast before it swings eastward towards Lord Howe Island. So that's this particular current, if you like, of water, and it covers, carries rather many forms of life, of course. And so apart from uh, animals hitching a ride about logs and debris and so on, as it has over, over the years, and then it brings down like lots of different tropical marine creatures, etc. And of course the waters around Lord Howe are therefore, because of this um, current that is coming down, say warm all year round. Like when we were there, you know, it would have been about... I would have said, bit, what is it here at the moment? It's still around about the 20 mark or oh, thereabouts? Or 20? She asks me. I ask you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're a walker, not a swimmer. Um, but it's, it would have been around 23, 24. And it never gets below, like, around about 18, even in winter. And we should say that you have just come back from Lord Yes, Howard. and I have just come back so from Lord So this Howard. is yes. the last week or so, and it's yes. certainly a few degrees up. And, and really, yes. latitude-wise, where is it yeah, relative to? It's sort of to? due east of Port Macquarie. So, you know, it's really, yes, it's a long way south of where any other reefs are, and it is the southernmost reef in the world. But, yes, you get this influx of a set of warm water, and this is why it's got such diversity of fish. But the other thing it's more famous for, I suppose, well, not maybe more, but as famous, is the bird life. And the bird life is second to none. I mean, you just can't believe it. I mean, there's no other real fauna on the island. Um, there's still the odd rat because they've, as they call, de-ratified the island or they tried to de-ratify it when um, they saved the wood hen, which was back in 1980. And it was around that time it was also designated World Heritage Listing. And the wood hen is this quaint little gorgeous bird, a ground bird, and, of course, they got the last remaining pair off Mount Gower, brought them down, and the breeding program succeeded. So now you see them running around everywhere, and it's so gorgeous to see them. This is a bit like Adam and Eve, isn't it? A story for the wood hens. It is. And pigs, that was the other problem. They were losing, you know, so the pigs were... Do you de-pigify? I don't know. But anyhow, whatever they did... (laughs) They they, have. They have. They're gone, definitely gone. Um, And then the only spiders, no snakes, and the only spider is it was an introduced, for whatever reason, redback but it's only mainly round um, the settlement beach area, not sort of if you're going tramping or walking, you're not going to have any nasties. Um, you'll have just some beautiful bird life. And one of the most unique birds they get there is the Providence petrel. Now, it only comes in from about now for the next couple of months. The rest of the year, it is either in the air or on the water. Lord Howe is the only piece of land it comes and nests on. And it's a funny bird. It... You go out and you do a tour with Clive Wilson, one of the original families, the Wilsons, and he calls the birds in at at dusk. And they virtually almost fall out of the sky at your feet. They just plop on your arm. And they've got some funny nostril apparently on the outside of the beak and they can't actually take off again. So they're quite happy to plop there and then you might have to just lift them up and let them take off or pop them on a tree. 
So <laughs> you have this wonderful bird life all around you. And interaction with them too. Yeah, which is fantastic. And they have these all, lots of shearwaters, all sorts of different, and other petrels, of course, as well. But these gorgeous little uh, white, small shearwaters, and they're just in the middle of having their chicks, and these these grey balls of fluff around everywhere. Oh, was just magnificent. And, of course, feeding the fish at Ned's Beach, which has been something you've been able to do there for many years. You can put a, a dollar in a little machine and you get a little um, plastic containers left there for you and you fill it with fish pellets. The old days they used to provide the stale bread, but they say, no, that, that's not really good for the fish, so that's not bread anymore. These are specially formulated fish pellets for them to eat. Fast and food for fish. Fast food, and it's amazing. I mean, if you don't like fish swimming against your legs, but you're walking through it, and they're all slithering and swimming all around you, and if you actually hold your hand up out of the water, the cheeky little things will come up. You've got to be careful not to get a bit of a nip. And some of those big fish, I can assure you, have got some little sharpish teeth. But it's just beautiful. And so the walks you can do there is, Jane, you'd be familiar with, and um, my husband eventually got to do Mount Gower. I mean, eventually, after all these years, three times, this is his third attempt because um, it was the weather was bad one time and the guide was off the island. Now, this is a guided walk. You cannot do it unguided. It's not marked. There is a bit of a scary bit on the first traverse before you start climbing up, which is you've got just a rope between you and down below. Um, and there's another section with a chain, but you're sort of under canopy a lot of the way, so a lot of it isn't as scary as you might think it would be, and quite an achievement. Though I must admit, he didn't like walking down st- or upstairs throughout the next four days. <laughs> <laughs> How long did he spend on the climb? Well, at eight hours all up it took. Um, quite a good, a big group this time they had, and they had two kids who, who did it. Unbelievable. About eight and ten. That's an amazing climb for young young children to do. Yes. Um, really is. So, I mean, there's, and of course you can go kayaking, you can go deep sea fishing, you can go surfing. Um, I did a round the island cruise, which I hadn't done before. So to see all the vantage points from a vessel was oh, absolutely fascinating. It reminded me in bits a little bit like the Kimberley with the striations in the rock, how ancient the rock would be and you're looking at something like Lord Howe's about 7 million years old so it, mm. it is ancient as well to yeah. boot. Historical as well as geographically Absolutely. beautiful Absolutely. Lord Howe Island We're talking travel on 2NURFM for our sponsor Travel on King and Sally Lucas, such a lovely place Lord Howe Island and there's still more to talk about it. What kind of accommodation is there on the island? Well, Jane, way back, as you may remember, it was all very simple self-contained accommodation, like little apartments or little cottages, and there's still a whole array of those there as well. Pine Trees, which has been there, though, almost since the island's not inception, but certainly since the 1800s, was a family home that has since, of course, grown, but it's still in the same family, and they offer a range of accommodations there. Um, They do full board, mainly, but they will do a bed and breakfast rate, um, but that doesn't mean you're going to be able to get to eat there for lunch and dinner because it's such a popular place if it's full house plus they have outsiders like to eat there you really need to book for lunch or dinner if you were wanting to have lunch or dinner there because the food is out of this world honestly it's just just fabulous um, you've got some really upmarket accommodation in apartment style now called Earl's Anchorage you've got Capella Lodge which is owned by Dick Smith's daughter who also owns the Great Southern Lodge on Kangaroo Island so that's five star luxury however most of the properties an odd one or two will have a small pool, but the whole idea is you're using the beach. And that's the beach is so beautiful. And you've got Ned's Beach, as I've said. Then you've got the main lagoon beach, and you've got Old Settlement Beach. And you can actually be swimming there with turtles. 
Mm. Just amazing. Um, not a lot of restaurants on the island. So, again, and, of course, you're going to be paying a bit more from food. They only have their island trader boat comes in uh, every couple of weeks on a Friday. Other than that, everything has to be flown in apart from what they may be growing on the island. Um, but they do have a bakery and so on, and you can get local produce. There is one butcher. Um, there's no television. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no phone and no phone reception. The only place where you can use the Internet is at the museum, and it's a great museum as well, and they've got a nice cafe there. And there's another nice cafe called The Anchorage, um, which is in the little town where they've got a couple of nice little shops in the post office. And they have a community hall where there's often interesting film evenings and things on. But they have lots of events at Lord Howe throughout the year, and different properties run their own events, like Pine Trees normally has jazz in the winter. However, this winter they are shutting to finish their total refurbishment of the resort. They shut it for two months last year in winter, and they're shutting from the 30th of May to the 30th of August this year to do the last of the refurbishment. They figure just to shut down in winter, they can get it all done in one hit, and it makes life a lot easier. Everyone just rides bikes around. It's so safe. However, you've got no street lights. You're in the middle of an island. It's pitch black dark at night, so you must take a torch with you. Otherwise, you will not know where you're going, and you could come to grief. <laughs> but they do have things like Wellness Week, Food and Wine Week. There's a photography course. They do an ocean swim with Trevor Hendy in November. Um, they have different foodies have gone over there, like um, Peter Kuravita has been over there and so on and done. So, you know, just check the website. Just look at Google Lord Howe Island or even Pine Trees and see what they're doing. But there's just so much to see and do. But it really is the outdoors. That's what you're going there for the most beautiful outdoors you'll ever find. And forget about all those things like cars and yes, phones, phones and television. And it was so lovely, Jane, to see children there, to see families all out on their bikes and all doing stuff. Mm. You know, you could look at home and the kids are either on the computer, on the PlayStation, on the phone. And it was just so nice to be able to see everyone enjoying what abundance of nature has to offer. It was it was really fabulous. A nice lifestyle. Oh, I'll go back there in a in a whisker. If she's not here next week, we'll know why. <laughs> You'll know exactly why. Um, just a couple of other little things, if we've got time, Jane. Um, I was just reading something the other day that different providers of our different travel you know, newsletters we get have put together what they think are the up-and-coming top destinations in 2015. It was really quite an interesting array, I thought, very diverse. Taiwan because a lot of people forget about Taiwan. And, of course, it has a blend of Dutch, Spanish and Chinese traditions because it has been occupied by different periods by different people. And also it's got Sun Moon Lake, which is considered one of the most beautiful lakes in the world and some beautiful mountainous scenery. And people tend to forget about Taiwan. And there you go, the Mornington Peninsula. It's in National Geographic's top ten list for 2015 in our own country. So there you go. I guess the award-winning regional wineries and restaurants add to that ambience. Hyderabad in India was another place listed with its literary heritage and opulent palaces and historic sites. Lisbon in Portugal is an alternative to Spain because it's not as busy, not as buzzy. Um, a lot of old world architecture and world heritage sites and it also, it's making waves on the surfing scene like some of the pro surf events are held in Lisbon now. Boracay Island in the Philippines. They say that's a fabulous affordable alternative to Bora Bora and it's only seven kilometres long and you navigate it by bicycle or motorbike. One of the girls at work has actually been, it's got the most stunning islands like white, white beaches, crystal clear water, fabulous. The Atacama Desert in Chile. Mm. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, Ireland, of course, because I think 
the tradition with Australian and Iron goes hand in hand, doesn't it? We've, we've been sort of had that link between us over the years. Myanmar or Burma, of course. Montenegro, which of course borders East and West Europe in, in that area, which was all originally part of Yugoslavia. Isle of Pines in New Caledonia. Muscat in Oman. Um, Namibia in Africa, which is a bit forgotten because it's the desert part of Africa over on the west, um, and it's 25th anniversary since its independence. Um, Gallipoli, of course, for this year. Washington, D.C., because of some of the world's best museums and monuments, which is, when you think of the Smithsonian Institute, of course, and the Arctic and Norway. Mm, okay, so, so there's some places to consider. That's a lot, isn't it? I mean, it's quite diverse, though, isn't it? It certainly is. And I'm sure everyone's got their own bucket list out there that they might want to add to that as well. So thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. That's Talking Travel for today. And we won't be back next week with no, Talking Travel because it will be Good Friday. Uh, but you will be back with us the following Friday after Easter with Talking Travel after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM.